What's up, guys? It's Denise Salcedo. Welcome back to the channel. I am very excited to introduce to you my guest for today, Matt Cardona. What's up, Matt? How's it going? Just finished a workout in the gym. Uh, just ate some rice and a protein shake, uh, pet my cats and my dogs, and now I'm doing this. I love it. I love that your schedule already involves, you know, petting your your pets, getting the oh, workout yeah. in. You're very busy, Matt, and that's kind of what, you know, I want to jump into in this interview that you guys recently announced yourself and Brian Myers. You guys are launching the Major Pod Network and just kind of expanding on what you guys already do in the podcast content creation space. So kind of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, long story short, in I believe it was August of 2018, Brian and I started the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast basically because we loved wrestling figures. We never grew out of it. And it's something we talked about on a daily basis. And for about a year, maybe longer than a year, I was pressing. I'm like, Hey, let's do this podcast about wrestling figures. Uh, listen, it won't be that much work half hour, 45 minutes a week. And I finally broke him down and we call him bare minimum. Brian, he really is. Uh, so we finally did it. We did the pilot and then it just started taking off. And we even said in the beginning, like, Oh yeah, we're not going to have long episodes. We're not going to have different social media accounts. And now Two years later, we have all the social media. We have Twitch, YouTube. We have our own action figures. We have our own merch. We, have, we do live shows. And now we announce the Major Pod Network, which is six podcasts. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, like, this wasn't the master plan. It just kind of happened organically. And and all thanks to our fans. We call them the Major Marks. But because of them, that they, they, they're making this happen. You know, that's really cool. So you talk about the fact that you didn't see this coming whatsoever. So now kind of seeing where you are, because you were, you know, you were on the forefront of creating an online presence, really one of the first wrestlers to really get that going and start building that up. And to now see where you have gotten to this point, it kind of seems like you're, you know, you're just, you're able to do anything. So with that being said, you, how does it feel knowing that you've come this far and that you've built this brand? You know, it's, so hard to do and you did it so kind of tell us about that yeah you know like you said earlier uh like back in the day uh, 2011 i started z true long island story this youtube show and i wasn't the first person on social media i wasn't the first person to have a, a youtube show or a web show but i think i was the first person to successfully take matt cardona the real life person and zach Ryder, the wrestling character and kind of like merge them together because like what other tv show is like the actor tweeting in character it doesn't happen you know so that's what kind of twitter was it was like i'm gonna beat you up on monday night raw blah 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 so i kind of incorporated my real life into it and yes i was zach Ryder on the show but i was bringing in my dad my friends stuff like that and i think people really connected uh with that and all these years later i just listen i'm a creative person i just want a creative outlet and that's what this major pod network is the major wrestling figure podcast has been and it's all about like just taking a chance on myself. And if I fail, that's fine. But at least like I have the opportunity to fail. Trust me, some things we've done with the major wrestling career podcast ha hasn't been a success, but at least we're trying and there's no handcuffs. And if we fail, we fail. I love that you say that there's no handcuffs because really in anything in life, you never know if you're going to succeed unless you actually do it. So let's kind of talk in, let's get into the nitty gritty details of the major pod network so i know you guys have the six podcasts tell us a little bit about the new ones that you guys are incorporating to what you already have yeah so there's the major wrestling figure podcast which is just me and brian talking about wrestling figures it started off as a half hour thing i think it's like sometimes three hours uh that's every week then we have something we did uh for the past six months called the figure wrestling federation it's the most ridiculous thing ever where we kind of like fantasy book 
the attitude era of wrestling. And then we go back and do like figure photography for it. So we did six months and it was a, uh, it was on the major wrestling figure podcast feed. Now it's on its own feed. So people can like binge listen. So re-listen or listen to the first time. And there will be a season two. Uh, we have the game marks podcast, which is about wrestling video games off the hop rope, which is about, it's kind of a weird concept, but I love it. It's like mixing beer and, ma- and matches. So it's like, you got to listen to it. It's very interesting concept. And then uh, Brian Myers has extreme conversations and it's like a deep dive into ECW and particular events or particular things that happen in ECW. And he's really getting interviews with the people. So it's not like an interview with Tommy Dreamer. It's like, you know, he'll do like heat wave 98 and he'll get Dreamer, Nova, Francine, whoever, and they'll talk about that event. So it's a cool concept. And then I have MC True Long Island Story, which is I guess the sequel to Z True Long Island story, it's 10 years later and we're doing a deep dive into each episode and not just like, you know, the episode, but what was going on in my life and in WWE and the wrestling business at that time. So it's crazy that 10 years has passed. Uh, And I thought about doing like our Z True Long Island story reunion, like YouTube video and just dropping it on the 10 year anniversary. But then our producer, Smart Mark Sterling said, why don't we do uh, like a podcast because uh, there's a couple podcasts out like uh, Victory, the podcast. They they go into Entourage episode by episode. So we're kind of ripping off that idea and, and see if it works. So we're excited yes. for it. When I was reading like the, the, the summaries of each podcast, right, that was one of the ones that really intrigued me because I feel like you could really dive into like the time, what you were, what you were at in that place in your career. And so like that for me sounds very, very interesting. And just kind of seeing like all your guys' ideas, it's really fun to sort of see that you guys got everything sort of covered. Like you got an idea for everything. And right. that's, that's pretty cool. I like that. And that's really, we, it's just like an idea right now and a blueprint. So we we don't know exactly what's going to happen, especially with this MC True Long Island story. There's there's a hundred episodes, so it's going to be at least a hundred episode podcast series. But um, I haven't watched these back in almost. You know, I remember when I ep- when I edited episode 100 because I did all that stuff by myself. I watched one through 99 before I made 100. I haven't watched them since, so that was like a long, long time ago. Uh, and I just watched episode one again just to see if there was enough like meat on the bone for this series. Uh, and there definitely is, but it's going to be, I'm kind of nervous to watch them all back because I've changed so much, uh, as a person, as a wrestler. So, uh, even like episode one, it was like cringeworthy for me. So it's going to be interesting. Um, and it's like, this is kind of like my book. It's my story. You know, I'm not writing a book. Maybe I will write a book after this. Uh, my memory is shot. So maybe watching these will, will remind me some things. And I still have like my old computers that have like the, you know, the unedited footage. I still have emails that have some like interesting things. So it's going to be, listen, it's not a, a bitter, like anti WWE podcast at all. It's it's fun. It's going to be a uh, trip down memory lane, but some weird things are going to, you know, pop up. And if they do, I'm going to tell the story, at least my version of it. I was going to ask you because I feel like anytime anybody goes back and even if it's a picture they see of themselves from back in the day or it's a even worse, even a video because you're like sort of seeing who you were back then. And right. it could be like, obviously, when you yourself seeing yourself is going to be different from somebody else seeing you. So it could be a little nerve wracking. You're like, oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why right. was he acting this way? It could be kind of embarrassing, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it's going to it's going to get really interesting because I know for a fact there's going to be some weird stuff in there that I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? Or why did I have those frosted tips in my hair? It's going to be a weird time. I think that's going to be the fun part. Just kind of seeing also too, like what you're like, oh God, I wish I didn't do that back then, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call myself out on everything, the good and the bad.
Amazing. So now, okay, you're, you, this is the thing though, when it comes to wrestling podcasting and there is so many people out there creating videos, you know, whether it be people like me, whether it be, you know, wrestlers, so many people in the space. So how do you and Brian sort of bring this different approach to get people to say like, these are my guys, these are the guys that I'm tuning into each and every single week. Like I'm going to come and check out their podcast. Well, yeah, like you said, there are so many wrestling podcasts, and that's why Brian didn't want to do it at first. Um, but the wrestling figure world, it's such like a niche of a niche of a niche. Like you need to, A, like wrestling, want to listen to wrestling podcasts. Then you need to like wrestling figures enough to listen to a wrestling figure podcast. So it's like if you listen, you're like deep. And that's why the podcast has been so successful because the fans are so rabid and so dedicated. And, and you know, and then the other things that we're doing with the ECW and the MC trolling Island story and the video game stuff, that's not necessarily for wrestling for your fans. So maybe we'll get some other fans involved. So I'm just excited. to see. Maybe the whole thing will flop. Who knows? But at least we're trying, right? Like we can't fire yeah. ourselves. We're our own boss. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it all. And I think that's the beauty too of like the digital space and where everything is moving now that you would be surprised at some of the crazy ideas people can come up with that end up working. And you're like, wow, I didn't realize that people were interested in this. And that's the cool thing too, because then viewers are like, oh my God, like I get to talk about wrestling and action figures. And there's somebody who has, you know, as much passion as I do as this person. So now Let's talk about the content creation aspect of this because a lot of people think that, you know, making videos, creating podcasts is as easy as one, two, three. <laughs> and, nice. and it kind of isn't because it, it's easy to turn on a video camera and press record, but there is a whole lot more that goes into that. So tell us about your favorite parts of all of this process and then also some of the challenges that you guys might face. Well, my favorite part is definitely having the creative outlet, right? Um, so um, that was with Z Trolling Island Story. I, I did everything myself. I filmed it. I wrote it, I edited it and you go back, like it's not well done, you know, but the, the content is there. And I think right now content is the most important, uh, of course, like production and making it look cool is nice, but the content is what's key because there's so much out there. So you need, you need content that will resonate with people, connect with people. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of hard work because like you said, like there's so much out there. So it's such a great opportunity because this is free. You can create all this stuff for free, put it on YouTube, Twitter, whatever for free. But you're also competing with so many other people. So it's like a double-edged sword, you know? Um, but the best part about it is being able to just try things and, and try what you're passionate about. That's what, you know, I think we've proven with this Wrestling Figure podcast. Like, <laughs> it's it's wild to me that I, sometimes I, I'm taking pictures of wrestling figures in my office and, and my fiance is like, what are you doing? I'm working, babe. And I really am. Like, this is my job. So it's cool. And I think if, you know, especially with this MC trolling out story where we – We'll do a deep dive into me just wanting to, to to try something and what it turned into. If I can inspire just one person to take a chance on themselves and bet on themselves, then then all this is worth it, you know? I know. And it's so funny, too, the fact that you mentioned that you're taking a picture of an action figure. And believe it or not, it really is for work. That is so I, The cool. other day, I had to – it's cold here in Florida. I, this is horrible to say, but I had to – <laughs> <laughs> for this figure wrestling federation one of the matches took place in a floating ring so in theory i had to get in my pool do like a floating ring match just to, to take the pictures and like chelsea was like snapping photos of me i'm like babe i'm working here you know 
<laughs> I would have never pictured that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty really ridiculous. Cool. That's really awesome, though. I love the fact that, you know, you guys are just going out there and just putting the stuff out. It's really cool. And it's obviously resonating with people because you have built a brand now. And like I said, it really is hard to, you know, just build something out of nothing because that's really what it is. And even the fact I love the fact that you're uh, very you mentioned the fact that you write, you edit, you produce, you create all the content. And I think so many people don't always see all of the work that goes into that. People always are like, oh, like, you know, there's the quote of, oh, little YouTubers here and there, but it takes so much to put oh, out a video. It's like the term YouTuber almost doesn't have enough respect to it. Yeah. And luckily we have a producer, Smart Mark Sterling. He is like the unsung hero. He, he like edits most, if not all of the videos sometimes maybe i'll do like an iMovie just clip together some of the like this is what i want and then he makes it look nice but he he edits the pod uh you know then like i do all the social media then we have a social media guy who makes like graphics then we have another uh this guy ttd wrestling does all our design so there's a lot that goes into it uh you know and now i have to control three different social media accounts on twitter and instagram because i have the major pod network major wrestling bigger podcast and me so it's a lot of work it's very very time consuming especially if it's like last week when when we were announcing the network, I was on my phone constantly posting from all these different accounts. Oh my God. Yes. I feel you on that. And I can only imagine just having to stay on top of all of that, but that's cool. So, you know, you, in terms of what you would like, what would be the goal, the vision of this network for you? What would be like the ends, like the dream vision, I guess you can say of where you would like this to go. Yeah. So like with the major wrestling figure podcast, uh, like we said, it just started off as a 30 minute show. Now, like we, we make our own wrestling figures. I mean, it's incredible. We have our own live shows. Um, I would love for this MC trolling out of story. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know where, where, where can it go? I don't know. Like may, maybe it leads to a reunion episode, a reunion series. I mean, I think like long-term we'd love to add some other podcasts to it. Uh, and we've already had people like asking, like, how can I be on this? How can I be on this? And, and I tell them all the same thing. Like, give us a proven concept. It doesn't necessarily mean like your numbers have to be through the roof, right? But just that you're passionate about it, like you're you're entertaining, you have the content, and then we'll then we'll work on it. You know what I'm saying? Because like you don't have to bring us like like millions of downloads. No, just prove that like you're gonna put in the work, you're gonna put in like you know the time, and you're passionate about it. And then you know we'll think about bringing you on because we don't have a game plan really. To answer your question, <laughs> like we started this network, but now that now that you ask me. I don't know what the game plan is. <laughs> You're like, well, I, I probably got to sit down and think yeah, about Yeah, we should probably think about this. We should have a uh, team meeting later. <laughs> exactly. So now I'm going to sort of switch gears a little bit because, Matt, I feel, you know, ever since you got released, I almost feel like you have this newfound freedom to really go out and just do whatever ever it is that you want and i know that people on the online wrestling community are very quick to be like where is he going to sign where is he going to sign cuz that's the go to when everybody sure. whenever somebody leaves where is he going to sign but correct me if i'm wrong but i kind of have a feeling that you are going a different direction in terms of like we saw you appear on AEW we saw you appear on impact wrestling what can you tell us about the direction that you're heading into in terms of wrestling and, you know, also the podcasting world all in one? Yeah. So, you know, like on paper, 2020 for me was a horrible year. I mean, I got released from my dream job, this global pandemic. Uh, I had to cancel my wedding. But in reality, it was 
one of, if not the best years of my life. It was awesome to, to have this freedom. And listen, I am so grateful for my time in WWE. I mean, I, I'm not like ignorant without WWE. The major wrestling favorite podcast wouldn't be successful. Nobody would want to listen to it. So I get it. Right. And I'm very right. grateful for everything that I got uh, in WWE, but it was time to go. And they made that decision for me, which, Hey, cool. Uh, but the, on that day, you know, I was getting texts. Oh, I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. It, I was so happy. I was already on pro wrestling tees, making my, my own page with new merch. I'm like, this is what I need. I need to be creative and not that like, yo, I had handcuffs on me in WWE, but like you can't go on WWE shop and make your own shirt. If they don't want to make your shirt, you can't make a shirt, but now I can do whatever I want. And you know what? The shirt sells one or a hundred or a thousand who cares. You know what I'm saying? Like that's you the best were, part. You about had really good sales for that 24 hour period. Didn't you get like the number one spot for that as well? I think In it was pretty time? high up. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's the cool, it's, it's the coolest thing to be able to just, just to try. And if I, you know, I, of course I want to be successful in everything I do, but that's, that's not life. It's not reality. You're going, going to fail, but that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Um, so it's just been so fun because I signed with WWE when I was 20 years old. So 2006 got released in 2020. That's a long time of working for the same place, doing the same thing. So now like, no, I don't want to just jump and like sign this, you know, three-year deal with somebody. I don't, uh, I want to like explore my options. I want to have fun for a couple months. I didn't wrestle at all. You know, <laughs> like I was just doing the podcast stuff and it was just so fun and so time consuming. And then I'm like, wait a minute, like, I haven't had a match since September. It's January. I should probably get back to work. <laughs> but like, I was just so caught up in, in everything we were doing. It's not like I'm sitting home seven days a week. Oh, what should I do today? Every day I'm doing something like from the time I wake up till the time I go to bed for something for the podcast or something else. So it's not like I have all this like free time where I'm just bored and like getting fat or something, you know, like yes. I'm keeping busy. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's why I thought to myself, I was like, you know what, I feel like he might and, and this is obviously just an outsider's perspective. I was like, I feel like, you know, he might not going to settle on somebody because there really is so many options out there. And after being signed with a company for so long, like you said, it really is different to have all these options and keep busy. And there are so many people that we're seeing, you know, whether you know, are pursuing different routes, you know, just everything that for example, that the good brothers have done, like they've been able to build something of their own too. Uh, you know, Zelina Vega, Thea, like she's doing her own thing too now. So it's pretty cool uh, to see all of the different people sort of find, uh, you know, find their passion. Yeah. And, and the best part about it is that you can make money doing it. Like all the different things we do for the podcast, there's not one particular thing that makes all this money, but I say crumbs make crumb cake. You make a little here, a little there. You got the Twitch, the YouTube, the, the ads, the merch, the live show, it all kind of adds up. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's like, this is my job and it, but it doesn't feel like work, you know, like, cause I love it. Exactly. That's the best thing to do. They say find they say find a job that doesn't feel like it's actually work or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's a is. lot of work. It really is. And some yeah. days I'm like, oh man, this is you know, like, like, like especially on like some podcast nights where we have to record two podcasts at once and it's like, oh my god, it's like it's one o'clock in the morning, and then I gotta do this figure photography for the show we just did. But is that really like what am I complaining about? Right? Yeah. It's work, but it feel it's, it's fun work. There yeah, you go. <laughs> for sure. so, I do also want to circle back to spe speaking of AEW and impact wrestling. I kind of want to know what it felt like for you to go out and, you know, just work 
wrestle, be in a different environment with guys that you necessarily may or may haven't had an opportunity to work with in the past. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, both AEW and Impact was such a great experience. It was a little nerve wracking, um, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, I'm going both places. I, I, it was like the new kid in school, you know, meeting all these new people. Um, and also, you know, I, I say always ready. It's the hashtag. It's in my music on my merch and stuff like that. But I had to prove, OK, you say you're always ready. Well, here you go, especially with the impact thing, because like uh, I hadn't wrestled since September and I get a call on a Friday. Hey, do you want to be on the pay-per-view tomorrow? I'm like, well, shit, uh, <laughs> I better be ready. <laughs> you know, the AEW, at least I knew for a couple months that's where I was going. So I was like traded for it, prepare myself. This impact thing, I just had to be ready. And luckily, the always ready thing is legit. So were you a little bit taken aback by that call from impact or was it kind of like, did you see it coming? I did not. I, so we had been in talk for past couple of months, but nothing like concrete, casual talk. Uh, so I was kind of surprised by it because I wasn't expecting to, you know, uh, fly out the next day and be on pay-per-view. That wasn't in my plans when I woke up Friday morning, but it was a good surprise. It was such a fun uh, surprise, too, especially for the viewers watching. You know, I was one of those viewers watching. And I don't think, you know, when you came out, everybody was like, oh, OK, like this is happening. Like, this I think is I cool. was, too. If you look at my face, I'm like, this is really happening. OK. <laughs> That's really awesome. And here's the thing, too, is that Impact had those closed set tapings. As somebody who's so used to getting such a, you know, fun, you know, loud reception from the audience, what was it like for you working this Impact, these Impact tapings, with, uh, the Hard to Kill, without having that audience there? Yeah, so it is a little, it is a little awkward walking out with no people. Uh, but once the bell rings, I'm just so into it that I don't even... I, I, there could be a hundred thousand people there or zero. I still work the same. So it doesn't really matter. But of course, like wrestling, you know, you, you, you feed off that audience. So it, that little part, it, it's a huge part, but what are you going to do? You know, you can't not wrestle. You have to go, you have to do it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's one of those things where I'm sure if they would have told you this like three years ago, you'd be like, nah, I can't do it. But then right. you end up now we're in this situation and I guess, you know, you're all doing it now. Sure. Uh, with all of the talents that right now, there's so many good talents just everywhere. I want to know who are some of your favorites, whether it be from AEW or WWE, people that you're like, oh, I really like this person. I want to see where they're going. Uh, who are some of the talents that you're like fond of right now? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm still a fan of everything. I still watch everything. WWE, AEW, Impact, uh, ROH, whatever, New Japan. Uh, I, I love what, you know... Um, like MJF is doing like this guy who, who uh, Brian Myers trained uh, in just a couple of years. He's like one of the top guys in the business and he he's super young. He, he's going to be a huge star. He's already a huge star. Right. And then, you know, in impact, uh, I had my eye on Ace Austin before I even got there. Like, oh, you're wrestling Ace Austin. And I'm like, oh, that's great because, you know, this kid, uh, he, he has, you know, it. Like everyone says, the it factor, he definitely has it. So we had a, you know, like a five minute, like sprint of a match, but I would love to work him, uh, you know, in a nice, long, competitive, hard hitting match. That would be really awesome. And he was one of those people too that, or he is one of those people too, that people are always saying like, that guy has it, like you just said, and he's going to be one of the names I think in a, in a bit, people are really going to be talking about just even that much more. 100%. Like when I'm in the ring with somebody, I can tell like, all right, this guy's good, right? And like, you can just tell like whether you have chemistry or not. And it, it takes time for someone to build chemistry with each other. But I just felt like we were on the same page. And like, he's someone I definitely would like to work again because I think our styles mesh well. Um, he's just, he's a good guy. I don't know about behind the scenes, but in the ring for sure. <laughs> he runs his mouth a lot. So I'm going to have to shut him up. 
That's awesome. All right. So before we jump into our final portion of the interview, I do have one last question for you. I know that 2021 still feels like a giant question mark for everyone, really. But what are some of the things that you're like, I would really like to accomplish this this year? Any goals? Uh, you know, I think goal setting is very important. Uh, when I wake up every morning, I say the things I'm grateful for and I say the things like I want to accomplish. And I think that just puts me in a good mental spot for the day. Uh, so some goals for sure. I would love, I think impact is a great spot for me right now. A great opportunity. And that's people ask like, why are you an impact? And for an opportunity. And I said it uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was on impact on access, which again, they said, Hey, you're having a backstage interview. There's no script, no bullet points. They just asked me a question. I got to talk, which was kind of cool. And listen, it wasn't like an Austin 316, like groundbreaking promo or anything, but it's cool <laughs> to just like speak my mind and, and say why I was there and speak from the heart. Like I'm not uh, in impact or doing anything in life to prove doubters wrong. Like I'm just here to prove myself right, prove supporters right. And that that's the goal to make everybody who has believed in me, whether it been from the podcast or Z trolling out a story or before that, just make them proud and, and prove them right. Uh, and that's the goal this year, you know, with impact, I'm going to, I'm going to take this opportunity and run with it and, and see what happens. And would I love to be the impact world champion? 100%. Would I love to be the face of impact? 100%. We'll see what happens. I think that's awesome. And there's so much opportunity there. Like, go in there, grab it, do it all. And Matt, it is now time for our lightning round game. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to ask you 10 random questions. And you just kind of uh -oh. go ahead and answer them however you please. So here we go. Are you guys ready for lightning Ooh, nice round graphic. with Matt Cardona? I know I always, uh, this is why I like StreamYard, because they allow you Stream to. StreamYard's great. We use it for major pod. Yes, it's so much fun. I do yes. wish they had a little bit more selection, though, in mm. terms of like little graphics that you can use. But it is what it is. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, question number one. Is there a figure that you have ever regretted buying? Oh, okay, so this is kind of like a two-parter. So a couple months ago, I bought this um, this LJN. LJN is a company that was around in like the, the mid to late 80s who made the WWF figures. And there was this Hulk Hogan figure that never came out. It was pictured on the back of the box. It was like a Hulk Hogan and a Macho Man. And you would like squeeze their legs and their arms would raise up. It's called like some sort of like grip, muscle grip figure. Uh, so I found the Hulk Hogan prototype and I spent a lot of money on it. Like a lot of money. Uh, the, the, not the most I've ever spent on a figure, but the second most I've ever spent on a figure. And I got it. And I was like, oh man, like that was a lot of money. I don't know if I should have did it. But then like, I call it figure fate. Uh, a couple weeks later, I found the, the matching Macho Man and I got it for a steal. So in my sick mind, I kind of like evened it out and, and said like, well, I paid that much for both of them. So I regretted it and then I took it back. You know what? In this in this sense, buyer's remorse paid off. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two, what is your favorite animated movie? Uh, does Toy Story count as animated? Yes, you know. Oh my God. So this is kind of weird. So when I was thinking of these questions for you, I was going to ask you who your favorite Toy Story character was. But then I was like, what? I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it up. I'm going to ask him favorite animated movie. But somehow yeah. I already felt Toy Story was going to be like the answer. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a tie, Buzz and Woody. It's a tie. I, I like them both. I like both, uh, you know, certain traits on both that I can resonate with. But yeah, I love Toy Story. It's a classic and, and it's about toys. I like toys. So that works. But in Toy Story 1, I almost feel like you kind of pick sides. Like, I felt like I was picking sides between Buzz and Woody. Were you more Buzz Woody in this sense? Because I connected more with Woody. Yeah, I, I was definitely more of a Woody guy. Uh, to me, it was kind of like, I liked them both. It was like WrestleMania 6, uh, Hogan and Warrior. Who are you going to choose? 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, question number three. What is your favorite thing about your dog? Oh, favorite thing. Uh, I love, <laughs> he's a big boy. We just yes. had to shave him actually because he got so like hairy and like mad. So we had to shave him down, but it's already growing back. Uh, I think that he's just so like lovable and he's so, he's so like, I've never had a dog that you could just like get as cuddly as possible and he doesn't he just lets you it's just so great uh and he's 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 just a great great dog i've never had a dog where you could like literally just put your face in his face and just like rub it and he won't he won't do anything he won't care just lick you back i love it he seems so comfortable i was looking at the pictures so i was like oh you just feel like holding him oh 100 yeah <laughs> uh question number four what would you say is the most unreasonable or crazy thing you have ever done to get your hands on a collectible now, I don't think this is unreasonable, but I could see other people, including my fiance. She she brings it up all the time, so I know she thinks it's unreasonable. Uh, there was maybe about two or three years ago, there was this really, really rare pre-production prototype action figure that I wanted, and I was talking to the collector. And part of the deal was that I would give him a tour of my toy room in my house and make the deal like in person. So I guess that's kind of weird to let a stranger into my house, but I needed the figure, so... I don't think yeah. it's unreasonable. I feel like, you know what? I can see this on both ends because, no, yeah. I see, I, trust me, I see it. I get yeah. a stranger. Like a stranger in, he knows, like, where the doors are. And, the, you know, like, he knows where the, the setup of the house. Uh, it's a little strange, but it was worth it for Tugboat. You know, oh, that's what it was for. Awesome. Yeah. You know what? I feel like it's not that, that bad. I mean, in terms of, like, yeah, now this person can go and, like, leak your information or whatever right. it may be. <laughs> So that is the scary side of it. But I, I think, I don't know, but that is pretty crazy. Uh, question number five, what's the most insane offer another collector has offered you to buy one of one or all your figures? Uh, okay. So I don't, I buy stuff for me right now. Do I buy certain things to flip? Do I buy certain things as an investment? Sure. But the majority of the time I'm buying it for my collection. And <laughs> this is a weird story, but I bought this prototype of uh, uh, LJM prototype, the, the company in the 80s, they made Miss Elizabeth, but then in like, I don't know, in the factory or what, they made a couple of her where she was naked. Oh, and it's like wow. really, really weird. And I acquired it in a, in a lot of figures. And we did a podcast like reviewing all the LJM figures. It's actually on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Network, And we showed the naked Elizabeth figure, but I blurred it out like because it's still weird. Like, and I had it on display, but like in the back. So I didn't want to like, it's odd, you know, like it's it a naked a woman. for some people. It's weird. So like, I had it, but it was like in the back. And I knew Macho Man would be pissed if I had it, um, you know. <laughs> so we show it on the pod uh, and we blur it out and somebody hit me up for it. And, you know, said they, they wanted to buy it. I'm like, no, it's not for sale, not for sale. And then they said, I said, make me an offer uh, that I can't refuse. And they did. And then I just added a couple of, <laughs> a couple more thousands to it. And they said, yeah, and I, I sold it. I mean, I'm a toy businessman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm a toy businessman. Wow. Yeah. No, I like that. That's and yeah. I, I didn't even know that that figure existed. So that's pretty right. Awesome. There's a couple of them in the world. It's not really supposed to be made. You yeah. know, like they made it like, you know, in the office or whatever. It's really, really weird. Uh, really, really creepy. And I'm actually glad that I don't have it in my collection anymore. And you made you made you made some nice profits. Oh, yes, that, I sure. did. <laughs> uh, question number six. What is yours and Chelsea's favorite way to spend a date night? Oh, 
<laughs> Depends who you're asking. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I think it's a tie. I could listen. I love just being on the couch with the dogs or the cats and and watching a movie or binge watching like a a Netflix show. Uh, but I think like my perfect night, if it was up to me, it'd be like getting dressed up nice, getting a nice dinner somewhere, a couple bottles of wine, a little espresso martini, uh, preferably at like a nice Disney hotel, getting one of those uh, nice Disney dinners. That that would be my answer. Awesome. Question number seven. How much space does your toy collection currently take up in your home? Uh, okay. So I have a toy room, which is not that big. It's like a spare bedroom in the house. Like maybe it's like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, you know, a carpenter or anything. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right term, but like, I don't know, 10 by 10. It's not big. Um, so that's my toy room. Then there are some things that this is my office that we're in and it's kind of spilled over in here. But my garage, it's like a storage unit. It's it's insane. And then like there's a closet that has things, and like my little area that holds my air conditioner has things. So it's bad. It's bad. So I'm thinking you can fill up an entire house here or something that you can do. Like just continue filling it up. I, I need to get I need to get a, a bigger house. It's funny, uh Christian, who just returned to the Royal Rumble, uh when he first came to this house, I was this was like my first ever house, it was my dream. I was like, oh, so excited. He walks in like, yeah. Good little starter home, kid. And I was like so offended and so mad. But, you know, four years have gone by and like, he's right. Like, this is, I can't live here forever. Because at the time it was just me. Now I have a fiance. I have a dog, uh, three cats and a lot of figures. So it's a little too small. How do you keep track? Do you keep track of all your figures? Like, is there, do you keep it like a spreadsheet or anything? Like, no, or like no. Any like, I'm pretty good. Like, if you show me something or ask me about something, like nine times out of ten, I could tell you if I have it or not. But I, I don't have a list or anything like that. Like, let's say I was like, oh, like, where can you find this action figure in your collection? Like, can you easily, like, just find it yes, from wherever yes. you have? Yes, because I'm, I'm pretty, in the toy room, I'm pretty organized. If it didn't make the toy room cut and it's in the garage, I could find it. might take me a while. <laughs> awesome. Uh, question number eight. How much time would you say you spend? Hours a day. Here? A lot. Too much time. I have eBay safe searches where, like, you know. You, you can type on eBay like what you're looking for. And then like, it'll come up so every day. I check my save searches. Really, they email you when the, when something pops up, but it's like on a couple hour delay. So you have to be checking because by the time you get the email, it could be gone if it's something really, really rare. So I check that multiple times a day. And then I'm in all these like Facebook groups and message boards. And that's where I found, that's where I find most of the rare stuff is in these Facebook groups, not on eBay, because people don't want to put things on eBay because then you get the eBay seller fee, the PayPal fee, and they just take away a bunch of your, your profit. So it's all in these like underground groups. I like this. I like all this like insight on it because like, I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know about this stuff. So for me, hmm. it's so interesting to sort of hear of like the underground world of where. Oh, it's definitely this like underground know. world. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, question number nine. Aside from your own, what are some of your other favorite podcasts? Uh, I got a shout out victory, the podcast at entourage podcast, which brought the idea for MC trolling on story to life. Um, I love podcast, the ride. It's this like Disney, uh, theme park podcast. I, I listen to so many theme park podcasts. Um, that's pretty much it. Like I don't really listen to wrestling podcast. I used to love like the Bruce Pritchard stuff like that. Uh, the Conrad stuff is great, but now, like, I just listen to, you know, like, Disney stuff or there's, like, uh, something called, like, Sandcrawler podcast about Star Wars toys. I'm uh, probably leaving some people out, so I'm sorry. But I do listen to a lot. No worries. That's awesome. It's great to hear, like, the theme park podcast. Like, I haven't given those a chance, a shot. So I, that's something. Oh, I there's so great. many good ones. There's so many. Awesome. Question number 10. In your opinion, what makes a figure special or unique? Ooh. Um... 
I personally like if something is hard to get, like if it's like uh, limited edition or if it's like short packed or something like that. Those are my favorite types of figures. Uh, yeah, it's cool to like walk in a store and buy something, but I like things that are like super rare, whether it be like a Comic Con exclusive or a certain exclusive to a certain store. Those are my favorite types. Awesome. There you go. That is our wrap for our lightning round game. It was really awesome just to hear about all of this stuff. It's it's so entertaining to me. Matt, I want to thank you so much. And I wish you so much luck on your on your podcast adventures and just everything that you're doing. But before we go, feel free to plug in anything that you'd like to plug in. Oh my God, there's so much to plug. I'm gonna forget. Uh <laughs> Twitter and Instagram for me, it's at the Matt Cardona. Uh then on Twitter and Instagram at Major WF Pod. Download the Major Recipe Podcast. Subscribe to all the podcasts. MC, True Long Island Story, coming February 17th, the exact 10-year anniversary of the first Z True Long Island Story. And then the Major Pod Network. Uh, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Network and youtube.com slash Network, and then all the social media. Oh, my God. There's so much stuff to plug. I need to I need to hire somebody to just come in and, like, to, to spew everything off. But uh, – Everything's been great. So just uh, and keep watching me on Impact. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead and hunt down all of these links and I'm going to post them all oh, into the description box <laughs> yeah. so that people can go and click and follow and choose whatever they want to go ahead and follow awesome. and check out all of that stuff. So that will be on there. Matt, I want to thank you so much for doing this interview with me. It was great to chat with you and I want to thank everyone for watching as well. Please do not forget to give this video a like and subscribe to the channel for more awesome interviews like this. Until next time, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Matt Cardona and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, see everyone. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please don't forget to leave me a super nice review and a five-star rating. Plus, make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Denise Salcedo for funny wrestling, commentary, guest updates, silly live stuff, and more.